0: Well, good morning. Man, it re- we really are packed in here, aren't we? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and I've just had one of the hardest weeks that I've ever had in my life. And when I walk into this building and I see you guys and I interact with you, I just feel pumped. I just feel so pumped about what Jesus is doing in you guys. And uh, the love that I experience from you guys and, and toward one another, it, it really is Awesome, and so it actually falls in line perfectly with our series this um, these last few few weeks this is uh, we 're going to cover the third of a three part series where we 're focusing on the vision of our church. What is the vision of our church for what does it look like to be a church that is a gospel church uh, a, a church that is uh, uh, gospel driven um, gospel uh, flowing through us, and and so the first week we covered hearing and believing the gospel. A healthy church hears and believes. The second week and last week, Sam, Pastor Sam covered uh, that a, a healthy church uh, speaks and declares the gospel. And this week we're gonna get right into the the hopefully the the application, which is um, what does it mean for a healthy church to live out the gospel to apply the gospel, and not just individuals, but as a church. So keep that in mind as we go through these points. So yeah, like I said, John 15, uh, have that open. We're going to be brave today, and we're actually going to cover the whole chapter. So uh, be ready to do some reading. So the gospel. The gospel is euangelion. It's, it's the declaration of a new kingdom. So Jesus being our king has stepped into this planet and he has come to redeem. And the big picture is that he is recreating all things. So he's the new Adam. He stepped in as our representative. He conquered death and hell. He rose from the grave. And he now is, has a people that he's, re, he's redeeming the cosmos through. And so in that uh, you know bigger gospel picture, we have Jesus's, his uh, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. But you, you get a little bit more broad and you see that Jesus, after his resurrection, he ascended to the right hand of God, right? And then he says he's going to return. And then he promises that he's going to redeem and, and uh, recreate all things and restore all things. So we live in this point right now between the ascension And his return. So that is in the context of how we're going to apply the gospel as a church right now. Is in that context. So um, what what we need to know is that Jesus doesn't just plan to come one day and and redeem everything. He he is going to do that. But he's redeeming things now. He's redeeming the cosmos now. But how is he doing that? He's doing it through you. He's doing it through the church. And so what I want you to see today is how that's done. How is it that the gospel is, that Jesus is redeeming all things? It is by a gospel community. It's through a gospel community. So the question is, how does the church live out the gospel? That's the question we want to answer today. And we're going to use John 15 To answer that question. So that's my premise. How does a church live out the gospel? Well, the answer is only by abiding in the vine. Well, what does that look like? Answer, keeping his word, loving one another, enduring suffering, and bearing witness to the world. So those those are the the areas we're going to touch on as what it looks like to live out the gospel. Before we get too deep into it, let's go to the Lord. Let's ask him to open our hearts. And as we submit to him and his word, Father, we just admit that we need you. We admit that we need your spirit to move right now. We need your spirit to open our eyes to see what you're doing. We need your your spirit to open our eyes to see your majesty and your glory. We need you to open our eyes to see what our part is in this and how we apply this good news of the gospel. That all who believe in you would not perish but have everlasting life. And that we're a part of this being recreated. Lord, speak to your people. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. So, how does the church live out the gospel? Only by abiding in Christ. Let's look at verses 1 through 6 of John 15. Verse 1 says, I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Stop right there. You know, the coolest thing about um, what Jesus is saying here. And the coolest thing about, as we look at, what does it mean to apply the gospel? What does it mean? How do we become a fruitful church? How do we walk in this thing called the gospel? How do we bear fruit? The coolest thing is that our father is the vine dresser. You know what that means? It means that he is overseeing that fruit. He's overseeing the vineyard. He's looking at the vineyard. He's looking at his church and he's saying, what is he going to get the best result? What's going to get the best, what's going to bear the most fruit? And so he's superintending, and he's, he's cultivating, and he's managing his church. And he's doing what needs to happen so that the most fruit can be born. Let's, let's keep moving. Verse 2. Every branch in me that, bears, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes So before we can be a church that does does something for the Lord, we have to understand that we can do nothing. We literally can do nothing of eternal value apart from Jesus. We have to have this mindset as a church, you guys, that nothing of eternal value will happen here without Jesus in us and working through us. This is shown, this humility is shown through things like gathering for prayer. God, we need you to move. God, we need you to to act. God, we need you to to be doing the work that you can only do. This isn't our church. This isn't our thing. This is your thing. This is your gospel. Let's keep moving. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Not only, not only is uh, the only way to, uh, to bear fruit is to abide in the vine, but really abiding in the vine is the only safe place to be the church is really the only safe place to be you know there is no other vineyard that has life because there's no uh, no other vine that has life you know there there's no other there's no other kingdom that has the king eternal there's no other ark that god has provided to deliver us and to save us from the floodwaters of God's judgment there is no other place to be so if if your life is is devoted to anything else you have reason to fear this is sobering listen to the words that he says he says he will be thrown away like a branch and gathered and thrown into the fire and burned guys we, who are in the church, who are devoted to one another in, in, in his body, and abiding in the vine is the only safe place to be. Again, let's keep moving. Verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. well, we keep his word. Notice here when he says, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. Then he says, keep my commandments. And then he says, I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. See, the word of Jesus, the, the, the doctrine of Jesus the gospel of Jesus, Jesus passed it to his apostles and it became the apostles' teaching and then became the word of God and is what we hold in our hand today. We have to be people of the word. This is, this is the vision, this should be the vision of every church, being people of the word, being people of the word of Jesus. So the king has spoken and there's no Life in any other king. There's no life in any other words. We have the words of life. And when, it's, when he's in us, his life is in us. When his word is in us, his life is in us. And before we can be a church that is zealous, you know, the scripture that says that he would create a people that are zealous for good works... Before we can be a people that are zealous for good works, we have to be a people who are zealous for God's word. You know, um, I remember when I was like 13, uh, I I stepped into a youth group for the first time. And, you know, it's a youth group. It was a junior high youth group. And so, you know, there's got to be a lot of, there's a lot of things going on in junior high, right? But when I walked in that building, I sensed something powerful. The presence of Jesus. They were singing about Jesus. The teacher was was preaching from the Bible. Um, With all the imperfections and with all the drama that happens in junior high, I I sensed God's presence there. And I even sensed that these guys, these junior hires, love one another. And I even sensed that they actually cared about me. So these, these ingredients of what does it look like to be a healthy, fruitful church that uh, carries out this, this redeeming all things of Jesus. I, I would say, really really hone in on what are these ingredients. And it's in spite of us. See, again, these, these guys weren't perfect. We're not perfect. We've, we've got... Flaws and, and sins and, and brokenness and, and pain. And we've got all kinds of things that, that make us, you know, d- to make it to where God needs to work in spite of us. But these are the ingredients, you guys. So, how do we abide? Number one, by keeping his word. Two, by loving one another. Three, by enduring suffering. And four, by bearing witness to the world. So, we already hit on keeping his word let's look at the second part in verses 12 through 17 loving one another he says this is my commandment that you love one another as i have loved you greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends you are my friends if you do what i command you You notice the flow, the progression there? Where it goes from the Father's love to the Son, and then from the Son to us, and then from us to one another. Do you notice that flow? So so the love that comes and the command that comes to us to love one another is not does not come from our own strength. It comes from the Father to the Son to You and to one another. Isn't that comforting? Because when you're told, love one another, it's like, oh, I'm just going to muster that up. I need to like, just be more loving. Well, not really. Abide in the vine and understand the gospel. See, this is, this is rooted in gospel. Look at the next thing he says. Right after he says, this is my commandment, you love one another. What does he say? Greater love has no one than this, but to lay down his life for his friends. That's the gospel, you guys. He's speaking of himself. He's like, guys... In the same way I've loved you, love one another. How is that? I lay down my life for you. So lay down your life for one another. This isn't something that we muster up and we pull up from our own willpower. It's something that we experience first from God as this was, wow, he's called me his friend and he's laid down his life for me. And then it's a natural outpouring to one another. It's rooted in the gospel and the fruit, it's a fruit, loving one another is a fruit of believing the gospel. So then, what happens when we're um, keeping his word and we're loving one another? Inevitably, we fall out of favor with the world, don't we? Because they see something they don't understand, and they see something that, that convicts them. They're like, I don't have that. Uh, and, and, and they, they feel emotions of jealousy or even hatred. And Jesus promised us that that would happen. So let's look at the next thing, enduring suffering, in verse 18. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world... Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they did not know him who sent me. I was actually going to skip over that whole section that I just read. And I think one of the reasons why I was going to skip over it is, is I think we have a tendency to want to skip over that because we, we don't necessarily relate to it as much. You know, we are experiencing some persecution here, but I, I would say it's pretty light in comparison to the history of the church, what they've experienced from from here all the way up until this point, and then other parts of the country or other parts of the world that are experiencing persecution. So it's like you don't relate to it as much, but I think we need to realize that uh, there are different forms of suffering. So to just to be looked at as if you're, you know, you're, you're, you're scum of the earth or you're looked at as you're ridiculed or you're rejected or, or you're, you know, you're mocked, whatever it may be, those are all forms of being hated by the world. And Jesus is promising us here that we would experience that. But what I discovered this week, I think Jesus wouldn't let me skip this. He, he wanted me to, to go through something that was very real to help me understand something very powerful. Um, and that is that when we experience hatred from the world, just for being a Christian, Okay, I'm not talking about for being a jerk. I'm not talking about when you have a sign and you're putting it in someone's face and telling them that, that their, their sin is going to lead them to hell without actually loving them. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just for just being a follower of Jesus, you're ridiculed. Okay, when that happens, you're being hated without a cause. There's no real reason why you're being hated other than the fact that you're a Christian. So what did it just say about who is hated without a cause? God. God is hated without a cause. Now, there's no actual real cause to hate God. There's no real legitimate, justifiable reason to reject God. So every single time that we sin, every single time that we reject God, there is no good reason for it. God doesn't deserve it. He's worthy. He he deserves worship and obedience and trust. So what happens when we experience that? We get to relate to God himself. We get to relate with Jesus. And he didn't just experience it in his 33 years of life. He's still experiencing now. And he always has ever since he created us. Since the garden. So what happens? We, we experience this, this uh, I don't want to say compassion, but we, we experience what he experiences. And then this next thing happens. Like, wow, Lord, so this is what it's like for you. The next thing happens is, wow, Lord, this is what it's like for you to love me while I hated you. Do you you get the, the gospel aspect of that? That the gospel is that God takes his enemies, he makes them his friends, he saves them, he redeems them, calls them his own, forgives their sins, adopts them into his family. And so when we are hated, when we are rejected, when we're mocked, we can go, oh, Lord, that, that's, that's how you feel. And oh, wow, Lord, that is, that is the depths of your love and your grace for me. This is what it took for you to love me. And then all of a sudden you realize you're actually applying the gospel. You're living it out at that moment by not only discovering that, but then you now have this amazing power to forgive those who were treating that way. You can look at them and go, I've been forgiven much. I forgive you. Not only that, but when Jesus says... um, I called you out of the world. In verse 19. He said basically that they don't love you. That that because you're not. You don't belong to them. But because you're not of the world. But I chose you out of the world. That's a really cool phrase. Because you know what the the word church. uh, The Greek. Every time the word church is translated. It's translated from the Greek word. Ekklesia. And so the two parts of that is ek, and uh, the 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 um, the the word the what's the word uh, root word is kaleo. So ek is out, and kaleo is called. So basically, when we're called the church, we're called called out ones. So when Jesus says, "I called you out," he's saying, "I called you out from." Being a mocker and, and, and the, the path and, and the destination of a mocker. And that's mercy. So grateful. But we also not are just called out, but we're called in to one another. So let's look at the next thing. How is it that we abide in him? It's, it's by bearing witness to the world. Let's look at verse 26 and 27. But when the helper comes whom I will send to you from the Father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father he will bear witness about me and you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning See when we bear witness to the world we're doing two main things we're we're telling the world who Jesus is and we're showing the world who Jesus is But we're also not telling the world about who other things are. You know, that what we're bearing witness to is not ourselves. It's not even necessarily our church. We're not bearing witness mainly to uh, the things that um, are, are happening here. We're bearing witness to Jesus himself. So when you guys talk about your church and, and how awesome it is, or you talk about something that God did Remember that we're bearing witness to the living Jesus. That he's still alive and he's still working and he's working in us. We're bearing witness about him. But I want to notice something that would be a little bit of an elephant in the room. And that is that all of these things, um, keeping his word, loving one another, uh, enduring suffering, all of these things are impossible. But you know that the Christian life is impossible. It can't be done. It can't be done. It can't be done in man's strength. It can only be done with the Holy Spirit. Loving your enemies? Are you kidding me? Nobody can do that. Only the Holy Spirit. That is why immediately after he says all of these things, he says, but when the helper comes, he immediately is like, let me introduce you to the, to the help. And that's not a negative thing. Helper is what he calls the Holy Spirit. In other ways, it's translated as the advocate or the comforter. That's how he speaks of his spirit. It's impossible. It's impossible without abiding in the vine for us to be a gospel church, for us to bear fruit. It's impossible without abiding in the vine, and it's impossible without the spirit of God. You know, when, when Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, and teaching them all that I've commanded you, he says at the very end, what does he say? I'm with you to the very end of the age. And this is how his spirit, he gave us his spirit so we can bear witness. So guys, this is the vision of Our church. This is who we are to be. This is how Jesus is redeeming all things. It is through us, it is through a gospel church. And how is it that we are a gospel church? It's by keeping His word, it's by loving one another, it's by enduring suffering, and it's by bearing witness to a world that is lost. So, I want to get a little bit more practical, though. There are some pretty awesome, uh, well, first of all, the whole New Testament, all the, all the New Testament epistles are basically the application of the gospel. So, a lot of times they'll have, like, Romans is a perfect example. You have the first 11 chapters that's explaining the, uh, the indicatives. This is the gospel. This, this is what God has done. And then from chapter 12 all the way through chapter 16 are the imperatives. This is what we are to do. This is the application of the gospel. So a lot of times that's what the New, Testament is, the New Testament epistles are doing. They're saying, okay, now that we have the gospel, we understand the gospel, we believed it, what does it mean to walk in it? What does it mean to live it out? Especially within the context of a community and one another. So uh, if, you, if you want more application read the epistles. But let's, uh, let's dive into just a few of them. If you don't mind, hopefully this won't be too painful, but I have a list of 59 one another's. <laughs> should I read them all or should I skip a few? 59 one another's of the New Testament. Okay, and we actually are going to pick three and we're actually going to read them a little bit more in, in depth. All right. Okay, this, this, is, this is where you're like thinking about, all right, what's my part in all this? How, does, how, does this, how is this going to get practical for me to live out the gospel and apply the gospel? All right, well, here, here are some good ones. I'm not going to say all the references. I'm just going to read them all off on what they are. Be at peace with one another. Wash one another's feet. Love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another. That's John chapter 13 and chapter 15. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Love one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another then, just as Christ has accepted you. Instruct one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. When you come together to eat, wait for each other. Have equal concern for each other. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Serve one another in love. If you keep on biting and devour each other, you will be destroyed by each other. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. Carry each other's burdens. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Teach one another. Admonish one another. Make your love increase and overflow for each other. Love each other. Encourage each other. Encourage each other. (laughs) I'm saying it twice because it's listed again. Build each other up. Encourage one another daily. Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Encourage each other. Do not slander one another. Don't grumble against each other. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. Almost done, guys. Live in harmony with one another. Love each other deeply. Offer... Just got some text messages. <laughs> Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve. Clothe yourselves with, with humility toward one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss of love. Okay, and then the last is First John uh, chapters 3, 4, and 5 that just repeat. Love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another. Is that good? Isn't that awesome? So let's dive into a few of those. Romans twelve. I think I'm going to check. I'm going to check one of those text messages because who knows? It might be important. You know what? One of them's from my wife, and I'm I'm reading that. You guys, I don't care. Live stream's not working. Got it? Awesome. Hopefully that showed her that I will always answer her texts. (laughs) All right, where were we? Um, Oh, yeah, Romans 12. Remember when I said Romans 12? Let's read that. Let's start in verse 3. Did I tell you there's going to be a lot of reading today? I warned you. All right, verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let's keep going. Some good stuff here. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, and I'll stop here, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Um, Before I read the next one, I just want to acknowledge that I've seen... Probably almost, if not all of these happen here at this church. So as we're saying these things, yeah, this is what we're we're to be about. This is the practical living out of the gospel. We are practically living out the gospel. We just want it more, don't we? Amen. All right. So next verse, let's go to um, Ephesians five, starting in verse fifteen. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. Speaking of time, look at the clock. 1140? was. it? 1120? 1120. 1120. Okay. Not doing too bad. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And here's here's kind of like how what does that look like? Addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So again, it's it's so uh, so much of a flow uh, from the gospel. We don't just submit to one another. We don't just love one, one another. It's it's submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. One more, Hebrews three. It's already good. Verse twelve, Hebrews three, twelve. Take care. Or, be very careful, brothers. Lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. Leading you to fall away from the living God. So, I just want to stop right there just for a minute. This is a real threat. This is real. This can happen. Um, An evil, unbelieving heart growing within one of us that leads us to fall away from the living God? That's, that's, that's a real thing that can happen to a Christian. And so there's an answer to that, verse 13. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. So guys, again, like I said, I see this happening, you know, and I, I mentioned that, that junior high youth group. Um, imagine what God is doing just, just here among us. Just as we gather, you know, I know that some of you have just decided to show up today and, and, uh, and it was not easy for you to do so. It's like, how are you doing? I, I, I'm here. I totally get that. And you know what? That's, that's sometimes all you can do is just show up and be honest. and Be like, I, I need to be here, and I need you, and I need you to pray for me. And then once you do that, then the, then the gifts of the body meet the needs of the body, and then the spirit starts working. Right? So, uh, definitely want to honor you as a, as a church, as Christians. Um, you know, the leaders are, are the ones up front here, but man, you guys, you guys minister to one another. I hear about it all the time. And we've had some tough things happen in this church, we've had um, trials, and uh, to see the body step in. And, and to, with the love of Christ, just step in and be like, what can I do? And it's been happening over and over and over. It's almost like when the next hard thing happens, um, which it, it just keeps on happening, hard things keep on coming. I see Christ working and moving every time. And it's, it's awesome. With that... Um, I'm really, really encouraged and really excited to, uh, introduce something to you guys, something that, um, the leadership's been working on and, uh, we've gathered together some of us to talk about, okay. So like the needs, what, what is it? The, um, the, the phrase that I think John Sled, you think you quote, or you coined this, the needs of the body activate the gifts of the body. And so again, like that's happening. The needs of the body are, are, are popping up. The gifts of the body are jumping in, and it's happening. <clears throat> we want to just take that and, and just organize it as much as we can, streamline it as much as we can, really maximize on it as much as we can so that we're not just a church that, uh, that has, um, I don't know, uh, like, like we say, we want participants, right? We want to all be participating. We want all of our gifts active. Um, so with that as the goal and that being our DNA, we, we want to set something in place that is going to facilitate that. So we have basically uh, we're going to text you a, a form and you're going you're gonna to basically get a chance to check some boxes with in mind what gifts has God given me, what abilities has God given me that I can uh, continue to, to step in and meet the needs of the body, and so we're gonna text you a form, and you're gonna uh, be able to check some boxes. And um, what's gonna happen is, then when a need pops up, it's gonna go to the to the leadership, and it's gonna go to these what I'm calling uh, need leads um, that basically people are gonna like oversee that need and make sure that that need gets met. And but it's gonna be met not through just like a few people, you know, in the leadership. It's gonna be met by you. Isn't that exciting? Because I, I know you guys, I know you, like so many of you, have you stepped in here, and you're like, all right, what can I do? Because so many times in church, what does it turn into? You step in and you sit and you leave and you go, well, what part did I play in that? And so what's really cool is that body life as it was designed is that you feel this fulfillment of stepping in and being used by the Lord and that you're encouraged by that. You're like, wow, I was needed the gifts that God has given me, oh, they actually do have a purpose. And they actually do encourage people and help people. And every one of you has been given gifts by Jesus. Remember, I think it was last week when Sam talk, talked about that um, when Jesus uh, ascended, he gave gifts to men, you know, that was like the whole, when a, um, a kingdom conquered another kingdom, you have the spoils of war. Um, so, he, so then he gives out the gifts as, as the spoils of war. But those gifts are so that we would encourage and minister to one another. Why? Because that's how Jesus is redeeming all things, is through a gospel church. So we're going to text out this forum. I encourage you to, to uh, fill out the actual form. But if there's no way, if like you didn't get the text, or if there's no way for you to fill it out like right now, we do have um, these hard copy forms, one stack here and one stack back there. If you uh, need to use that, feel free. Um, but uh, super exciting. I just want to also honor um, uh, Martin, uh, he put together, basically, he's taking this database of you know, all these things that we're going to be entering in, and he figured out a way to keep it organized so that we can actually u- utilize that and make sure the information is going to where it needs to go. And so, yeah, praise God for the gifts of the body are being used. Yeah, and there's, there's been other brothers and sisters um, that have contributed to, to organizing this, um, but I just want to say, you know, glory to God. Praise God. I just, I love being a part of this church, uh, and, and I'm, I'm excited to see how we're going to grow. We're so young. What is it? We're, are we three years old almost? So almost three years old and we're just, we're trying to figure this out. We're growing. We just want to be a people of his word. We just want to be a people who are loving one another. We know we're going to endure some suffering and we, but we want to bear testimony to the world. You know, the coolest thing, let me just read to you one more, just a little bit earlier um, in John. You remember uh, when he said, this is my commandment that you love one another. That's actually not the first time that he says, that he says that. If you go back a little bit in chapter 13, um, you go to verse, let's go to verse 31, chapter 13 of of John. He says, when he had gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him and himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while, and I'm, I am with you you will seek me and just as I said to the Jews so now also I say to you where I'm going you cannot come and then he says a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I've loved you and you are to love one another and then this is this is the key you guys this is why I wanted to go to this passage by this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So a really big part of bearing witness to the world is by our love for one another. So that the mission that we're on, that, that little pocket of time that we're in from, from, uh, the, uh, between the ascension and his return, what is he mainly doing right now? Salvation. Right? He hasn't come yet because because he's still creating a people for himself, right? He said, he said, I desire that none should perish, but that all should... Uh... Good. It just, I just had a blank. Come to repentance, repentance. yes. Yeah, so, so that the means by which God is going to be doing that is, by, is through our loving one another... And that is going to bear witness to the world. And the world's going to watch that and they're going to go, wow, those are Jesus' disciples. Isn't that awesome? So with all that said, um, I think we can go ahead and move forward with this, this vision. And this, is a, this isn't our vision. Hopefully what I've showed you is that this is Jesus' mission. This is Jesus' church. This is his, uh, his work. It is his work in us. He is the vine. We are the branches. We want to just stick with him. We want to hide his word in our heart and see him working among us. Amen. All right. Well, let's pray, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk about that forum. Lord Jesus. We are so grateful for your life within us and your life among us. We're so grateful that you've redeemed us personally. We're so grateful that you've redeemed us collectively, that you've called us out, but you've called us in to one another. God, I ask that you would help us to grow in these very things, that your word would be living and active within us and that we'd be bearing witness to, the, to a world that is lost as we enjoy your your gospel, as we live out your gospel, as we apply it. And uh, we just ask all these things in the precious and awesome name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.